Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Well, this is the last sermon of the Advent season because next week we'll be hearing the choir cantata, and then I'll kind of finish this series on Christmas Day. So we are in our final Sunday morning of Adventus, where I'm lifting up Prepare the Way for the Lord, the series focused on the story of John. And John has been born, John has been named, and today we focus on the preaching, the message of John. And we're going to tell the story as we continue to do in the season. We look back to the story that happened 2,000 years ago, as we also look forward to the story to come. And I know that can be a little confusing, right? We just want to say Merry Christmas and focus on Christmas. But Advent is telling of the awaiting and the arrival of Jesus and the child as we also prepare and await the arrival of Jesus to come again. And that will be a good day. Amen? As Christians, we know what that day means. And we are to live today in the full light and reality of that day the best that we can. Because we know that when Jesus came, the ushering in of the kingdom began. And then it became even something more in crucifixion and resurrection. But it's not finished coming. It's not complete. It's not full. And we still have evil and death and sin and destruction to deal with. And it's annoying, isn't it? But as Christians, we are called to live into the life to come, to try to rid ourselves of the evil, the death, the sin, and destruction. Because the kingdom's already arrived, and that's our truth. That's our gospel. It will be completed. Are you prepared? That's the question. Are you prepared? Have you broken free from the hold of death, of evil, of sin, of destruction? Let me ask you this. Do you love the Lord your God with your whole being? Okay. I want to tell you a little something. If you're all in on something, you don't go, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Do you love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul, all of your mind and your strength? Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Yes. All of them. Do our inward thoughts and desires match our outward action, right? That's what John focuses on. Don't come and say you're a child of Abraham. Show me the fruits of repentance. Is there work still to do in our hearts? Yes, of course there is, unless you think you're perfected already. But we're not wretched, and I want to make that clear. We're not perfect, but we're not wretched. I understand the idea about saying we're wretched, but it's we're not perfected. There's much work to do. We still fall short. But like an archer who is aiming for a bullseye, we live a life that is reflected in the archer's shot that lands just outside of the bullseye or maybe 10 yards away from the target altogether. We miss the mark, all of us. In Greek, the word for missing the mark is hamartia, where we get our word sin. Sin is missing the mark, whether you just miss it or you are shooting somewhere God only knows. We don't need to weigh ourselves down with guilt and shame that we fall short. If it can wake us up and direct us on the path, great. But if it just weighs us down to the point where we have trouble moving at all, well, then it's, it's not being useful. And certainly, we don't want to weigh each other down. 
Rather, we remember that we missed the mark so that we can stay focused on growing deeper in our faith, deeper in our love of God and neighbor, deeper in the life that truly reflects what it is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, a life led by the Holy Spirit in every single moment and minute and decision and action and thought. And if we're struggling to admit that we missed the mark, we can at least admit that finding, we aren't finding all of our joy in the current kingdom of heaven mixed with the kingdom of earth, are we? There's still much here that frustrates us. We get tripped up on all sorts of feelings and thinking that do not bring us love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We still get tied up in our bad habits. We might call them addictions. We might call them obsessions. We might call them temptations. We might be frustrated all the time with almost everyone because they don't measure up to our expectation. How dare they? We never bother to question, maybe our expectation should be the one under the magnifying glass. We might be constantly attending to our wish list of things. If I just buy this one more thing, then I'll be happy. Which never delivers, because you buy that one more thing, and then all of a sudden you're on to the next, right? Or they put out the next model, whatever it is. We might be looking at at a situation where we're isolating ourselves from other people through a variety of means because, well, I don't like the way that they look, or I don't like the way that they love, and I don't like the way that they vote, and I don't like the way that they worship, I don't like the way that they think, or whatever reasons we add to the list. In John's day, people were giving up on God because they'd spent several hundred years waiting for God to act and do what had been promised. They'd come out of exile physically, 600 years prior to the arrival of John, but spiritually they were still in exile. They hadn't seen their nation become great and mighty like the days of David and Solomon. That was their expectation. And then they were waiting for the promises of the prophets that had come since then. And for what? They were tired of waiting. They were tired of being oppressed, overtaxed, mistreated, and in a constant state of violent conflict on their land everywhere they turn. That land is still always in a violent conflict, amen? But in the day when God's people were on that land and dealing with all they were dealing with, they were tired of the division with their own people. But this group says, this is how you're supposed to do it. And that group, this is what you're supposed to believe. And their own people were torn apart because they didn't worship in the right place. They didn't follow the right rules. They didn't wear the right clothes, eat the right foods. They were tired of the religious leaders in Jerusalem exploiting them, stealing their land, stealing their money, and continuing to perpetuate the status quo on the temple, this horrific reality of Rome, because it really didn't affect them. Life was good for them. They know they found $5,000 bottles of wine in the priest's home in Jerusalem from a time when so many were scratching and clawing just to get by and feed their kids. Do you feel their pain, friends? Do you feel the pain of being tired, isolated? Are we ready for Jesus to come and set things all to right? Are we ready for the kingdom to become all that there is? No more of any other reality. Are you still awake? Are you prepared In this mindset, let us hear from Matthew 3, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, 
proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sin. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I, and I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The word of God in scripture, the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Doesn't John just give you the warm and fuzzies? Repent, for the kingdom of God is near or at hand. The way you respond to the coming reality is to repent. So let's look at this word, metanoia. It's a Greek word. It means to change your mind. Repent means to change your mind, change your heart, to reorient. If we're missing the mark, then we need to rethink the way we're doing things. Because if you just keep doing things the same way, you're going to get the same results. We often come to repentance with confession. Confession's great. But we can miss the mark in confession just like anything else. Confession is basically an apology. It's admitting that you've done something you shouldn't have done. And you're admitting it in an attitude of apologizing. But saying you're sorry and then going and doing it again, well, that kind of speaks to how sorry you were. You ever have someone say that, I'm sorry, but then they do the same thing right over again. I'm sorry, and then they do the same thing over again. You're like, hey, you got to rethink what it is you're meaning when you say, I'm sorry. We may be truly sorry, when we confess, but saying it while continuing to do it, it's missing the mark. It means we got to go a little deeper. We got to take repentance a little more seriously. We've got to figure out what's going on in here that's leading us down the same path again and again when that's not where we want to go. And Paul struggled with this. He knew what he wasn't supposed to do, but he'd go and do it anyway. And we, we understand. We've got to go deeper and identify where in our process that we are straying off the path. We have to address the habit of falling short like we would any other habit. Anybody here ever gone on a diet? <laughs> Not this time of year, right? Tony, bless you, you're on a diet this time of year. If you've ever dieted, you understand you can't just wing it, eat something and say, I'm sorry, and go on. 
You can't just go into the day unprepared and expect things to just go the way they should go. You've got to get rid of the food. You've got to get it. I mean, I've got to get it as far away as I can that I'm not supposed to eat and then have an abundance of food that I am supposed to eat and prepare it so that it's easy because if I'm hungry and I go to the fridge, I'm not looking for the thing I have to spend five minutes making that doesn't really taste that great anyway. I want to grab the thing that's ready to go and taste amazing and with three little girls, we've got an abundance of those kinds of foods. You've got to be ready for the moment when you're weaker or you're just going to repeat the same, the same habit. So you've got to start your diet in your mind and in your heart. You've got to get yourself in the right place. And then you train your body. Jody can tell you way more about that than I can. But it's the same way for any other habit we incorporate into our lives. It's the same in following Jesus. We can't just wing it every day and think that our habits that are just going to be picked up and we're just going to change and do them differently because it all begins with an awakening of sorts. Spiritual renewal comes when we realize we've fallen short and missed the mark. Spiritual birth occurs when we realize we've wandered off the path. That's where it begins. Then we've got to change course. We've got to do something. John was calling his people, God's people, the people of the promise, to a change of mind. They'd been caught up in the same state of mind about everything for so long, they'd lost sight of their very identity. John had to leave Jerusalem himself and go out into the wilderness, probably for decades, to break free of all these routines that were causing the problem. And from that perspective, he saw things much clearer. And he saw what Israel needed to do to prepare for the arrival of Jesus. They needed to change their mind, change their heart. It leads to a change of behavior. That's how it works. He called them to confess and to receive the water of baptism in the Jordan. Now, John and the people were all familiar with ritual cleansing. Baptism is not a Christian practice. That's not where it began. We've developed it into something that means something to us different than those before, but they had gone to temple to do sacrifice and entered into the waters. John and his people out along the Dead Sea had entered into a ritual bath to cleanse and purify themselves. They knew what it meant, but John was calling anyone and everyone to enter the water. If Israel is going to be prepared, they need to be cleansed. Receiving the water is a sign of the confession and admittance that I, I've got a life that needs to be cleaned. A willingness to rethink, to reorient, to head back toward the path where you'd gotten off. John prepared the way by getting people's minds and hearts in the right place so that then the actions would follow. They had to be open to seeing everything in a different way. Many of us have received the water of baptism, yes? That's not the end of the process. No, friends, it's the beginning. It's the beginning. And now we're in pursuit of God and God's will and way, rethinking, reorienting all the time. Is God done with you yet? God's not done with us yet. So what do you think God has planned for us next? Do you think it looks like everything we've done before? Is it going to look exactly like it was 20 years ago? Is it going to look different? Oh man, there's some hesitation. Not really sure you want to Go in on this. Does it make you uncomfortable that things are going to continue to be different as God leads us forward? Does it make you uncomfortable? Yeah, it should, or you're not quite grasping what's going on here. It should make you uncomfortable because the unknown is always scary. Change is never easy because we're creatures of habit. Let's at least confess to that. The only way we can be ready 
for what's next is to rethink, be open, reorient, to trust that no matter what happens, God's with us, to know that we are led by Jesus Christ into the way of life. That's where the story ends, and we're going to commit to follow. And you'll have to do more than wing it. We'll need to be prepared. Are you prepared? Preparation is what Advent is all about. We return to God and God returns to us, according to Zechariah. We freely and wholly confess that we are not perfected. We still have a ways to go and that we truly want to go in the direction God has for us. And then we prepare our minds and our hearts, which inevitably leads us into action. Get things right here. Get things right here and your life will follow. Amen? We do this through baptism. We don't rebaptize in our tradition because your baptism is a commitment that you make with God and God never breaks that commitment ever. So we never have to reestablish it. We can remember it, rehonor it, reclaim it, renew it, but it's never a rebaptism. The water of baptism does not literally wash things away. Receiving the water is an outward sign of the inward grace. As John said, I baptize with water, but one's coming who does far more. Well, we're there. So we use the water as a sign. When you come to know your need for God, we call this grace. This is the fruit of the Spirit at work in you. Just knowing you need God. I've gotten off the path. Suddenly you awaken. God loves you so much that you have been pursued by God every day of your life. Amen? God has been after your mind and your heart because God knows the better way to live. And even if you've received the waters, God's not done pursuing you. When you first realize your need, when you realize you've strayed, when you realize that life as you've lived it has been missing the mark, you reach out to God in this wonderful moment and God responds. The spirit that's been work around you is now suddenly in you because you're open to it. And then the work begins to change your heart and mind. So outwardly, we acknowledge this inward grace. And once your relationship with God is is happening, God never stops being faithful to you. There's no breaking of it because God's good. Amen? But we do remember. We acknowledge that we still need a cleansing of our hearts. We still need to be led forward. God never stops pursuing us, and we honor that by remembering our baptism. We prepare ourselves for the kingdom so that we can then go and pursue God back in every way. We're going to respond in a moment through a praise of liturgy and then a song. Hark the herald angels sing. It's a song celebrating the coming of the kingdom in Jesus Christ. I invite you not to just sing the words because you've sung them a thousand times. Read the words. Hear what's being said. Understand the peace that is coming. Peace as in the relationship with God, the relationship person to person, nation to nation, all groups of people, all nations all together, having peace with God. Are you prepared to stand next to anyone, everyone? Are you prepared for the peace that has already begun? Because it has begun. And the work continues, amen? And the work will be completed. So if you want to continue to be part of that, see what God has next for the church and creation, you're invited to come up during the song. At any time, You're adults, I trust you, just come as you feel led. And remember your baptism by dipping your finger and drawing a cross on your head, saying a prayer, offering confession, remembering 
So you're invited to remember it, to claim it once more. If you've never been baptized, come and dip your finger in the water and hold your hands up high as a sign of your desire to be baptized, your need for God, and then I'll find you and we'll have some conversation about baptism and, and honoring what's already happened in your heart. Are we ready to come and acknowledge all that God has already done, friends? Are we ready for the continued work God has for your heart and mind? And be careful if you say yes. Are we ready to be prepared? We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com. 